Hello, everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when the office actually ended because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I am your host, and with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hey, everyone. Today, we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 15, Boys and Girls. It's kind of a fun episode. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Uh, In this episode, there is a women in the workplace meeting. The men visit the warehouse, and Pam is presented with a career opportunity. The cold open really opens up into the episode itself. Yes. It shows Jan coming from corporate and hosting this women in the workplace seminar with the women of the workplace. And so you have Meredith, Angela, Pam, Phyllis, and Kelly all participating in this meeting. And of course, since he is the person he is, Michael can't handle something not being about him or something going on in his office without kind of being a part of it. Losing it. Just has to be irritating I've said this many times Michael is just a small child like he's slightly excluded for good reasons and he has to sort of spy at the door and interrupt them and be like well I just I just have something to say and Jan sort of has to pull rank on him yeah and say I'm your boss because he tries to tell her that he can be in there and he can address the group that he's their boss. And she's like, nope, I'm your boss. You need to get out. And she expressly told Michael several times before this meeting happened that he was not allowed in this yes. meeting. And what he had to say when he came into the meeting was, in my opinion, very condescending and unhelpful um, he's addressing the women and just saying, you know, this, this modern woman, she has all these opportunities now, but you know, there's nothing better than quality except equality and just really silly cliches that don't have anything to back it up. Right. And it is Michael's actions, not just in this episode, but throughout the entire series that really show that those words kind of ring hollow. He is very much a misogynist. Yes. And it shows in this episode. And Jan tells the camera that one of the reasons that they do this seminar is to find any standouts amongst the branches to put them into the corporate life of Dunder Mifflin. And she sort of insinuates by her look following the statement that there's not really any standouts um, with this group. No. Once we get into the episode and they spend part of the time focusing on this Women in the Workplace seminar that Jan is holding. And Jan is trying to kind of convey this thought to the women of the Scranton branch. And they just are kind of either not getting it or not, that's just not the people they are, something because 
this seminar does not seem to be going very well. No, and I'm trying to just put this episode in the context of the time. And I know that's kind of crazy to say, given that I believe it was aired and filmed and written in 2005. But I do think that women in the workplace as a topic has advanced even from 2005. Sure. And one of the issues that Jan keeps running into with the seminar is something that I see sometimes in my professional life. Really, my extracurricular activity associated with my profession is essentially women in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So that's what our association focuses on just purely uh, for our, our singular profession. And something that we sometimes come up against and that Jan is getting from the women that she's speaking with is that women can be harshest on other women. And so one thing that has been sort of a new adage for women and feminists in the workplace is lift as you climb. Because what has happened over time, especially with a certain generation of women, and it's understandable, but it used to be that there was one spot at the table. And so women would hit a glass ceiling and they wouldn't be helped by anyone, men or women, that had gotten past the glass ceiling or gotten a seat at the table Mm -hmm. because there was only one spot. And so women couldn't really help other women because then they'd be out too. Right. So now, lift as you climb, that thought is, okay, instead of me being the only one and taking that one token spot, how can I take the opportunities that I have and bring them up with me? Right. And and you could argue that Jan is trying to do that by hosting these seminars. Yeah. But the women at the Scranton branch are being very resistant and picking back on Jan. So they pick apart her clothes. They pick apart her divorce, the fact that she doesn't have children, the her work-life balance sort of thing. And that's where I find this episode to be a little troubling Mm -hmm. because it is hard to tell what the writers are doing. And like you said, this is an episode that at this point is 14 years old. A lot has changed in that time. Yeah. But it's hard to tell what the writers are doing if they are doing this to make light of this or if they are reinforcing these things that are held as false thoughts. Yeah, um, it's it's tough to tell because they're also trying to bring in these jokes because part of the sort of picking apart of Jan is to keep coming back to the fact that she made out with Michael. Right. Like, oh, your marriage fell apart and you don't have a good work-life balance, so you were just sad and lonely and stressed and susceptible to Michael's advances at that time. Right. But like you said, they are picking at her clothes, her, and most specifically her personal life. And that is always something that comes up when you are talking about women in power in the corporate world is that oftentimes those things come as sacrifices to the success that they have. So yes, she's divorced and yes, she doesn't have kids. 
And I think that is what the women of the office are getting at is, is like, oh, this is what you are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so you have a dual issue here in that they are reinforcing the fact that women oftentimes have to choose. Yeah. It's either a personal life or your professional life. You can't have both. Yeah. And this happens a lot and people are the trying to become more aware of it, but no one asks men in high powered positions, be it in corporate or politics or anything else. No one asks them who's watching their children. Right. And that has gotten better in recent years because there is a more a better societal acceptance of men as actual fathers and not babysitters. Right. And that, you know, women should have the ability to have a family, take care of that family, but also be able to have a career if they choose. And then that's where you sort of get into the mommy wars sort of thing of the stay-at-home mom versus the career mom. But the reality is for a lot of people, um, and this is true for our household, is to make a household run, you do need dual incomes for the most part. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's an interesting perspective from the early 2000s. Right. And so the other issue that comes up in this meeting is not just the fact that the false thought that you can only have one, a professional life or personal life, Mm -hmm. but that Jan in choosing her professional life chose incorrectly. Yeah. She's unfulfilled then. Right. And so I think that is also what the women of the office in picking at those things are saying to her, not necessarily to her because they don't come out and say it to her, but they're inferring that she chose incorrectly. Right. Because a lot of the questions that Jan is posing to the group, where do you see yourself in five years? What are your dreams? They're not answering those questions in context of their careers. They're answering it in context of they had like a walk-in closet. Yeah. Kelly doesn't want to be a soccer mom with a van. She wants an SUV with three rows of seating. Yeah. So, Whereas Jan is trying to bring it to the workplace, think about, do you want more than this job you have now, or are you okay with that? And I don't think either answer is wrong, but the women of Dunder Mifflin Scranton were not thinking about it in that context. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. Pam did try to bring that around. She understood what Jan was getting at, maybe. Kind of. But it is interesting what sort of answers Jan's questions were eliciting. And that's why Jan sort of showed her frustration to the camera and was like, didn't get any standouts right. here. And that's another issue that I have with this episode is that everyone in the office does seem to be very complacent with yeah. the life that they have. And again, like you said, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but from how we see the people of the office go about their days, I wouldn't say that any of the people in that room, save maybe Angela, really (laughs) enjoys the life that they have. I think Phyllis does. I guess, yeah, sure. I would say she's in the neutral category. Okay. She probably could be in a better job, but Mm -hmm. she is not necessarily one to maybe go for that. Whereas Pam probably doesn't want to be in 
support all of her life. Yeah. You know, Meredith is a mess overall, and so who knows? Yeah, we are solidly in the territory of Meredith is an alcoholic that is acknowledged part of the show's fabric now. Yeah. I would say Dwight is happy with his life. I meant I meant in the, oh, the, the, women. the women. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So since Michael can't stand not being the center of attention, he decides to throw together an impromptu men in the workplace seminar because in his mind that's what it, it that's what equality is. Yes. So. Uh, and he's so annoying about it to start. Because he's been banished from the conference room, and he's really upset about that. He can't even go in his own conference room. He decides to get all the men together, just bring their chair over, bring their chair over, literally right outside the conference room windows. And he starts them off. He starts off his guys in the workplace thing by having them just clap. You have to get warmed up. Which is bizarre. It's also bizarre and silly that the door was open to the conference room anyways, given that Jan was giving a presentation. It opens and closes randomly throughout the entire thing. Like, yeah. for convenience, it, it yes. opens and closes. Like, when it's they need closed, to set it up. It's closed when Michael needs to interrupt them, but it is open when they have to make a point of it being... Yeah. Like, of, of the meeting being interrupted. Yes. So Jan kind of puts the kibosh on that and says, go down to the warehouse. So Michael takes his guys in the workplace down to the warehouse, interrupts the flow of the warehouse's day, and has them sort of join in in this bonding session. And this is another part of Michael's views of what masculinity and femininity are. In that once the suggestion is made to go down to the warehouse, he is very happy about it because that's where all the the dirt and the, the grime is. And those right. are the guys that are really working hard. and Men's men. Right. And yeah, doing guy stuff, essentially. And Michael in the warehouse is a disaster waiting to happen. Yes. And this is a common running theme uh, of The Office, that Michael is just... He will not listen to rules. He's not safe. Again, a child. Yeah, he, it he's is. A child. It is all of these shiny things are around. Yeah. And oh look, this lift thing that I'm not qualified to <laughs> use at all. I'm gonna use it, and no matter what anybody says, no, no, I got it, I got it. And then he makes a huge mess and is not the one to take responsibility for it. No, it it's so horrendous. <laughs> And while they're down there, Roy decides to pull Jim aside and say to Jim, hey, I heard the rumor that you had a crush on Pam, but I know you're a good guy and she enjoys talking to you and it lets her get it out at work and she doesn't bother me with it at home. So I'm cool with it. He was so close. He was so close to having that be like a really good moment where he's just like yeah. hey don't worry like i understand it's cool it was right. it was it was quote a while ago he doesn't know it's a current thing yeah. but it, it was a while ago don't worry about it we're cool 
And then he has to add that. She talks to you and not to me. Yeah, thing. essentially he's telling Jim, thank God for you. You fulfilled this part of our relationship that I should be doing, but don't want to. Yeah. And now Pam doesn't bother me. Yes. So then I think, what on earth do Roy and Pam talk about? Uh, who knows? Like, what do they have in common? I mean, we know there's n- they don't have anything in common other than the fact that they went to high school together. Yeah, pretty much. And so Jim's like, okay, got it. And I think for him, it just solidifies more how terrible Roy is for Pam. Yeah, it is. This is probably the first time that it it has come from Roy's mouth to Jim's ears that that he doesn't get her essentially. Yeah, that he's not supportive to her. Right. So as they are, so as Michael continues his men in the workplace seminar in the warehouse, he is just trying to figure out what what is it about women that annoys men. Yeah, he calls it a guy's gripe session. Right. And this, he asked Daryl what, what, what really, what, what upsets Daryl? What is, what is something that makes Daryl mad? And Daryl in just true Daryl fashion says, I don't like it when people come down to the warehouse and interrupt us trying to get work done. (laughs) And I mean, this is a clear shot at Michael. Goes over Michael's head. Yeah. And he, Daryl follows it up with another comment. And it is, again, just something that kind of what I said last episode where Michael gets going and it is on the warehouse guys, usually Daryl, to stop him in his place and make fun of him until he stops. Because Michael had his shirt unbuttoned like four buttons way too many michael is trying to go full (laughs) presidential candidate looking like they are just a normal guy yeah full billionaire trying to look like they have ever set foot in a physical workplace and so yes he has his sleeves rolled up he has the shirt buttoned down yeah like four buttons full chest hair got the taco meat out (laughs) And and he looks ridiculous. He does. And he's sort of like casually sitting like this weird pose and just like, let's gripe, let's gripe. What, you know, what gets you? And so Roy then chimes in with something that really grates at Jim, just solidifies Jim's thought of him as a terrible partner to Pam by complaining that, Women force men to take them to a different restaurant every week, but then complain that they don't have a date night. And Jim, you just see him just sort of like roll his eyes. I mean, that's kind of true. Is that kind of true, Curtis? I mean, it depends on the restaurant or the situation. Are you thinking of a specific one? No. <laughs> I'm just saying like, if like, I feel like when we... It was like, hey, such and such a place opened up. Like, let's make an effort to go there Mm -hmm. and do that. Like, that's a date to me. Yeah. And so, really, it's just a ridiculous thing that Roy is saying. It's, It's one of those things that probably doesn't actually happen. 
I think it's more what Pam and I are looking for sometimes, I guess, is to just do something special to say we're taking this time out specifically on this night rather than sort of a throwaway middle of the week. We don't have dinner. Let's, we got to go grab something. Okay. That doesn't happen very much to us. We do plan date nights, I would say. Right. It's funny because Dwight chimes in here <laughs> and says, yeah, and then they expect you to take them to church the next morning like gas ain't free, and you know he's talking about Angela. Yes. And everyone sort of pauses because that's not anyone else's dating yeah. experience. Right. Like It was a very sp- specific thing to say, yeah. and no one really knows what that specific and thing no is. one knows that he's dating Angela Correct. so they're like who is the kind of crazy lady that you're with right <laughs> so this gripe session starts to turn a little more serious because Daryl brings up the fact that as warehouse workers they work harder Michael's own words that they work harder but they make significantly less, mm-hmm. and they don't have benefits, apparently. They don't have good benefits, right. I guess, or barely have benefits. Right. So those gripes start to move towards unionizing, and Michael is all in on this up until that point. Yeah, and he tries to backpedal a little bit here, but Michael's not good at confrontation or contradicting people or telling people no well not just that but he got the acceptance that he so craves from the warehouse guys yeah that he doesn't want to relinquish that so he runs upstairs interrupts the women in the workplace meeting again this time probably rightfully so And says to Jan that there are talks of unionizing downstairs. And Jan is livid. She says that you have to stop this right now because everyone will be fired. Which is illegal, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Definitely a violation of the National Labor Relations Act. So there's that. (laughs) Yes. But Michael, like you said can't can't do that. He, he is not able to do that. He can't make himself do that. So he tries to get Jan to do it, and Jan more or less says, this is your mess, you have to clean it up. So he goes back downstairs and cleans up the mess by buying everybody pizza. Yeah. He... So he doesn't do anything. He's hoping they'll forget about it, I feel like. Yeah, probably. And so Jan has kind of had enough of the women in the workplace seminar for a bit. She kind of takes five and heads downstairs, asks Michael, did you get this done? And he hems and haws. And she has to take charge and says basically what she said to Michael If there are even talks of unionizing, we will shut this branch down. 
Yeah, and says you will lose your job, you'll pay high union dues and legal fees and everything else. All the sort of employer right. talking points against unionizing. Yeah. Which leads Michael to cower in the corner and then do a half-hearted apology to the group, calling Jan a bitch for being so harsh. Yeah. And that gives everyone sort of a rallying point. Yes. And so it, the union talks seem to be squashed, and the men in the workplace seminar happened. Nothing, yes. nothing really came of it. Nope. The office workers just head back upstairs, take the leftover pizza, leave a huge mess. Yes. Up at the women in the workplace seminar, however, there is a development for one employee in particular. And that is Pam. As they are going around the table and just talking about their dreams and what they are good at, Pam says that she wants a house with a terrace on the upper level, but mostly she just wants a good husband, a happy life, and that she really likes to draw and she thinks she's really good at drawing. And when she says this, Jan kind of perks up. And tells Pam that Dunder Mifflin is offering a design internship of some sort. Yes. So Pam says she's interested in art or graphic design. And this program is on the weekends. And then there's a couple weeks in New York doing some sort of graphic design training. And I assume it's for, I, I have to assume that Dunder Mifflin, because they sell paper, does some sort of putting logos on paper and office products of some sort. Yeah. And Pam's really excited about that. You know, at first, though, she's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And Jan says, you know, there's always an excuse not to do something. So she's sort of encouraging her to go for this. And there's a point that Jim comes back upstairs from the warehouse and is just checking his messages, I guess. And Pam sees him kind of ducks out of the meeting and tells him about it and is very excited. Mm -hmm. And Jim's like, that's amazing. You should go for it. Like doesn't really ask for the details because he thinks it's perfect for her. He knows that she likes to draw and is interested in graphic design and is very supportive. Later in the episode, we see Pam gesturing the brochure to Roy. We cannot hear their conversation. Yeah. Michael is having a, an off-camera monologue at this point. Yes. But from the body language of both, we see that Roy is not into the idea at all. Right. Um, not okay with it. And Pam is very down about that. Mm-hmm. And then later, she's just sitting at the kitchen table in the, in the uh, kitchen area. Later, she's sitting at the table in the kitchen area... And Jim walks in to get something from the refrigerator and says something to the effect of, so you're not going to do the program, huh? Mm-hmm. And Pam's like, well, no, and there's not a, there's not one big reason, just a lot of little reasons, and says something that Roy, you know, doesn't think it could lead to a job anyways. And Jim, being fed up with Roy from the whole day, is like, oh, he said that, huh? Just... 
angry and upset that this is the result. And he says to Pam, you got to take a chance on something sometime. Yeah. Which is some harsh truth. For sure. There. Um, And he's talking about a lot of different things. Yes. I think. Yes. Um, I think he's talking about the job. He's talking about the design program. He's talking about Roy. Yeah. And Pam shoots back. I'm very okay with my choices. So this is a very poignant scene. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of emotion on both sides here. Because I think that Pam knows what he's trying to get at. Sure. And Jim is just fed up, I think. And we've been seeing him over the course of several episodes. His frustration is growing. Yeah, he, he is approaching the breaking point if he has not already reached it with yeah. this moment. Because everything that we have seen up until this point is Jim and Pam kind of tiptoeing around each other and the larger picture of their feelings for each other. And this is one of the first times we ever see either one of them be direct with the other person. Yeah, or as direct as they're going to be right now. So, yes, I I do think that Jim has kind of gotten to the breaking point to where he can't stand. I think it comes from a lot of different places for Jim. He, obviously, there's the part where he has feelings for a woman that he cannot express those feelings to. But he also has a friend who is toiling her life away in a dead-end job and in a dead-end relationship and he it kills him to see a opportunity arise to maybe fix one of those things and Pam drops it at the absolute smallest pushback. Yeah and I think he's frustrated that Someone that he cares about allows herself to be treated with kind of in such indifference by Roy mm-hmm. and to not really push for something better all the way around. Yeah. So that is really where this episode kind of wraps up. Mm-hmm. There is a closing interstitial with Pam where she is kind of addressing the, the dreams that she has and is talking herself out of them. Even the, the silly ones like the the house with the terrace on the second floor. She says, says they don't even build those houses in Scranton. Yeah. And so I think she comes to the realization here that she has become too complacent with the life that she has and the life that she is going to have. And she breaks down and cries. Yeah. It's sort of... This realization of this is this is it, I guess. Yeah. So on that happy note, <laughs> let's head back to the annex with Antoinette and find out any fun facts about this episode. Just a couple of fun facts. Um, one, it's just interesting to note that Oscar is not ever in this episode. I did not. I'm uh, not sure that. why. Yeah, it's not addressed. And the idea for the whole episode actually came from... Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, they just thought it would be fun 
to have Jan come in and do this. So it really was their idea. Uh, the head writer liked it and then assigned it out to BJ Novak uh, to actually draft. So that's all I've got. Uh, one note for me, though, for the annex. Yeah. The song that is playing in the warehouse when they go down there the first time is Southern Takeover by Chameleon Air featuring Killer Mike. Oh, nice. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of uh, songs in the office. No. So. Do you have a Dundee to give out? Well, sorry, first. So we didn't have any firings this episode. No. Michael toes the line a couple times, as he is wont to do, but I don't think anything too egregious. Yes. Do you have a Dundee to give out? Uh, yes. The Dundee Award for the Most Judgmental goes to Angela. She is just terrible. And she's pretty judgmental to all people, but I've noticed upon like a rewatch, she's most judgmental to women, to other women. Absolutely. Uh, she at one point says that Jan must aspire to be a whore because Jan gives the advice to dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And Angela finds her clothes whorish, I guess. And then just really judges Jan's life choices. She judges Phyllis for saying that one thing that Phyllis thinks she's good at is computer stuff. And Angela's like, really? That's what you're going to go with? Yeah. So Angela is just just terrible here. Yes. Do you have a Dundee? I do. The You Tried Dundee goes to Jan for <laughs> really trying to inspire yeah. a sense of you know self-worth and motivation and a sense of this this job that you have doesn't have to be it for you. Yeah. It's she tries to instill that in the women in the office and it, it does not work. It's honestly more than a lot of companies do. Yeah. yeah. So I I give her props for trying there. Yes. <laughs> Who is your employee of the month? My employee of the month is Daryl, because you can tell he runs a tight ship in the warehouse and he does it well and you know it's orderly and they keep to a schedule and michael just just ruins that terribly for them yes what about you my employee of the month is jim because he is taking the steps towards confronting pam about his feelings for her and the relationship she is in with Roy. Yeah. So okay. this is a big change from the last episode where he was essentially cowering in fear and moping about for the fact that Pam was talking to Roy so much. Yes. Yeah, we are just getting to this crossroads for Jim and really setting up this will they, won't they thing. Yeah. So that does it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Please continue to listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at DownsizingPod to get all the latest updates. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.